Happy Father's Day again. The Lord is good to us, isn't he? I went to Sam's Club this last week, and would you believe they had zero chicken? Sam's Club. I thought, that's not right. This is America. If you're going to have chicken, you're going to, you know, you're going to have it at Sam's Club. I mean, the only thing that would have surprised me more was if KFC was serving hot dogs. It was amazing. Have you noticed that there are some shortages going around? I mean, baby formula and, and, and a variety of different other things. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on in our culture? I have never seen this before in, in my lifetime. Have you? I know my grandparents had because, you know, that's the reason why they uh, saved all of their baking grease. And, you know, you'd go to, to your grandma's house and she would have that, that Folgers coffee can. It would be about three quarters of full of baking grease. Yeah, you remember? Anybody ever remember that? Yeah, and, and when you when she'd fry the bacon and had the bacon grease, did you ever take like a biscuit or a piece of bread and dip it in the bacon grease and eat it? It's not good for your arteries, but boy, it tastes great. There's a shortage, and and there's there's just some needs in in our in our culture, and I I have discovered the greatest need. In our culture today and you say well it's more transportation no it's really not well we need more uh, laws because certainly the laws that we write everybody adheres to so uh, no I don't think that's it either to be honest the greatest need that that we have in America today is not a, another committee on crime it's not another one on gun violence it's not another one on on, on parenting, it's not just a, a it, how it takes a, a community to raise a child, it's not more government help in raising children. The greatest need in America today is we need some godly fathers. Let me read to you a, a few statistics about children that are raised without fathers. And I know a bit about that. My father passed away when I was nine. Uh, children that are raised without a father, I'm talking about a father, stepfather, or a male figure in the home, they're four times more likely to live in poverty than children with two parents. 85% have some type of behavioral disorder. 70% of all juvenile detention are from children with no father in the home. This one is amazing that children with young girls that are at home without a father in the home are seven times more likely to have a teenage pregnancy. It was said once that, to me in a, in a conference that on parenting that if you don't hug your children, if you don't hug your daughters, they'll find somebody who will. And, and Dad, I would encourage you, if you have daughters, love on them. Let them know that you love them, that you respect them. 90% of all uh, children that are homeless or runaways are from a, par a home without a father. 75% of all those 
have a substance abuse. And this is amazing. 71% of all high school dropouts are from a home without a dad. And you say, man, that, that is horrible. There is a need in our culture for men to rise up and be that male role model in, in, a, in a home. And, and you say, well, I'm, I'm not a dad. You don't have to be uh, a, a father to be a dad. You don't, my brother, when I brought this in, you say, well, what is that dirty old hat? This is my brother that passed away a few years ago. This is his work hat. And you, and you may look at it and you say, well, it's just an old work hat. But to me, it, it symbolizes a lot more. You see, because you know that my, my father passed away when I was young. But my brother, with six kids in the home, decided that he would drop out of high school at the age of 16 and go to work to help provide for the family. And he took care of us younger ones. And he worked hard his whole life. And it is amazing that he never fathered any children. But he was a dad to more kids than I can remember. You know how some, some families uh, have you know like especially like it's usually the you know we say the old lady down the street that has you know like 47 cats you know because all the stray cats come to their house because they know they're going to feed them my brother always had stray kids yeah and it's it was amazing to me at his funeral service uh, all of the Men, young men and women that stood up and talked about how he was their dad. You see, you don't have to father children to be a dad. You know, I, I look back in my life and I look at my brother and I, and I thank the Lord for him for being there for me. Uh, I look back and I, I look at my father-in-law and I thank the Lord for him being in my life, speaking into my life. I look back and I, and I see others that were in my life. Uh, when I came to faith, uh, people that you will never meet, you know, like James Bell that taught me how that the Lord, uh, that we walk by what we know, not by what we feel. Uh, and it was, it was people like James Murray that, that was older than I and he was more uh, uh, he, had, he had been more successful and I was just a young, young guy and yet he took interest in me and, and was able to speak into my life and not just as like son sit down and listen but as a friend because you notice that, that most guys we learn by observation you learn to swing a hammer by watching somebody else and you also learn how to have good character by watching somebody else. And if there's anything in our world today that I think that our culture needs is for men to stand up and be counted. 
You don't have to have a family. Just be there for somebody else. Be there for those young people that so desperately need. And I'm not putting down single moms. No, th that is not what I'm saying. God bless single moms, but uh, a single mother will tell you that they are doing everything they can. A single father will do everything they can. It is that necessity of having a mother and father in our life that, that helps us develop and grow and to overcome a lot of obstacles in our life. And, and because this is Father's Day, I want to focus on the need for godly fathers. Men that know God and are unashamed to live for God in front of everybody else. If our culture needs anything, it's, it's men that will stand up and be counted for God. That young people can look at them and say, they're not going to run. They're not going to do something that, that they say they won't do when everybody else is, is uh, not looking. They are people of integrity. God is looking for men that have integrity, that can inspire and lead this generation. Men with a passion and a purpose in serving God. Men, there's, a, you know, there's just something about when men lead their families to church and in serving the Lord. Norman Rockwell, back in the 50s, uh, he, he painted that, that picture of Sunday morning. Uh, you probably remember it. You've seen it somewhere. I know 50s is a long time ago. I don't remember it when it was painted. I, I just like his artistic endeavor. So, so, but he has a, a father that's sitting slumped down in a chair reading the newspaper. His hair is disheveled. He's in his pajamas. and He's got his slippers on. And you can see he's got his, uh, he's got his cup of coffee down by by his feet and he's hiding and behind him is his daughter and his wife and his son and they're all heading to church with their bible in their hand and they're heading out and he is staying home you guys remember that if you don't just just read norman rockwell sunday morning it is a picture that is worth a thousand words sad to say statistics show that that families that that are led by moms that go to church don't retain the children in church like it is when a father leads the family to church there's something there that that is the way god designed it because god is looking for godly men God is looking for this culture. Our, our nation needs men that will do what is needed and not what is convenient. Consistency and in, in love and commitment. These are all things that, that men need to aspire to. And I think our greatest example of, uh, of love and dedication and commitment is our Heavenly Father. Uh, William Cooper, or Cooper rather, published a, 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 a song in, in 1772. Cooper uh, suffered from depression. He 
he had a variety of different things that went on in his life. He studied for, for law, and he, when he went for his exam, for the bar exam, uh, he was almost guaranteed that he was going to, to get in. He had already been an apprentice. He was ready. He knew all the answers, and when he got there, he had a panic attack. And they rejected him, and his life spiraled into depression and, and they called it melancholy back in the 1700s but it was se severe depression and and as he was walking through this difficult time he penned a song that brought him great relief and in the words are simply there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilt and stain over the years they tried to rewrite the words to the song to make it more palatable because that was harsh I mean you don't actually want to think about a, a fountain filled with blood and yet they tried to change the words to make it more palatable and suitable for a, for a, a, a more genteel culture and, 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 and it's happened over and over again but, but, but the thing is many, though many have tried it to, to, for, to change the words to have a for this tender palate of modern man that's where the seeker friendly church came about and said well if we if we make it a little more pleasing and if we make uh what christ did a little more uh light then then we can then we can draw other people and and and, and then we'll tell them about what really jesus really did but the bottom line is what you win people with is what you will keep people with and if you and if you take the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you take what Christ did for us, if you take it and, and, you, and you water it down and you, and you whitewash it and you paint it and you try to make it prettier than it really is, the only thing you're going to do is make it a cheap grace and cheap grace is easy come and easy go we need to understand as christians that that the gospel cost a lot we need to understand that, that, that when Christ gave his life, it wasn't a beautiful thing. It was a horrific thing. He suffered. He lost his life that you and I can have life. It is graphic. It is horrific. And yet it is irrefutable that it is the only thing that makes us right with God. We need men and women that will stand up and not worry about what culture thinks about the gospel. We need to be unashamed and preach the gospel in its brutality. On the day of Pentecost, Peter looked at him and said, you're the ones that crucified him. 
They knew what crucifixion was. They had seen crucifixions. Perhaps they even watched Christ crucified and, and the agony and the torment that those that are, were on those crosses endured until they died. And, and yet they were there and Paul said, or Peter said, you are the ones that did that. And until we really look at what Christ did for us and we really understand that we are the ones that put him on the cross, then we will not have a, a conviction and a dedication to serve him. If we just think that it was something easy that Christ did, if it was something that wasn't that difficult that Christ did, then it will be easy come and easy go. But when we look at what Christ really did, that he suffered on that cross and he gave his life, that you and I, though we were sinners, now we can be saved and redeemed and washed through the blood of Jesus Christ, then there is no other way to get to the Lord but through the gruesome power of the cross. When you see it, it will, and you understand it, and then you say, I am the one that put him there. I am the one. I think it's a, 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 we live in a day where Christianity can no longer be covered up, can no longer put a, 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 a fresh smell, if you will. Not too long ago, we had a rat decide to give up the ghost in one of the walls, in one of the rooms here in the church. We know he went to heaven because he died in the church. If you've never smelt a decaying rat, you can thank the Lord. We had some of those little plug-ins. Don't you love those little plug-ins? We had one of those in the same room. And I walked in, and the plug-in was going on, and the aromatic fragrance of the rat was going on, and it was the most detestable smell I've, I've had and experienced in such a long, long time. Because you walk in and it's like, hmm, you know you're trying to cover something up. If you try to cover up the brutality the cross it will not come across as fragrant the reality is it's our only means of salvation and the world needs a pure and unadulterated view of the passion of the Christ if you go to Romans chapter 3 back there for me please I know you're probably going to hit Hebrews first to skip right through that uh, scripture tells us Paul's writing to the church in Rome and he says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God most of us have, have that's part of the Roman road we, we look at that and we say okay we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we have missed the mark it, and we've 
we we've looked at it and we and we understand and we grasp it do we but do we really understand that we missed it that there's nothing that we could have done all of us are sinners all of us have sinned and you say well well I'm better than that person over there I don't care if you're better than that person over there or not in the eyes of God all have sinned sin is charting your own course doing your own thing in spite of what God wants you to do and all of us have done that I watched my little granddaughter the other day. God bless her. I love her so much. Got mad and threw something. She's only one year old. I thought, she must be acting like her mom. Because <laughs> she wasn't acting like me. Uh, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace. If you are justified, if you are made right, in the eyes of God. If you are, are in right relationship with, with, with God, if you lay your head down on your pillow at night knowing that if the Lord takes you, you have eternal life, if there is a peace in your heart that everything is right with your Creator, it, it is because you have been justified, you have been made legally right in the eyes of God through the redemption that came through Christ. It came through the blood of Jesus dying on the cross. It came through him willingly laying his life down. It came through his torment. It came through his pain. It came through his suffering. It came for him doing what was right and not necessarily what was in his heart. In the garden, he said, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me, but not nevertheless not my will but your will be done there are times in life when we do things that we don't necessarily look forward to doing but Christ endured the cross and despised the shame and now he has been raised up and if you have been forgiven if your sins are washed away it's through the blood and the redemption that came through Christ not through accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. Oh, let me say that again. It's not through you getting out of a hell free card. If you really want salvation, you've got to look at, at the cross in all of its blood and all of its sacrifice and you need to realize that it's your sins that put him there and the only reason that he stayed there is because of your sins that he could pardon you and cleanse you but he doesn't want somebody to say oh thank you Jesus and walk off and do whatever you want the rest of your life he wants you to look at the cross look what he did and fall in love with the man that, that gave his life for you Jesus is looking for people that, that won't just look at the cross and say, though, this is cheap grace. I can do what I want and live the way I want and, and, and be as immoral as I want. One of these days I'm going to get to the notes, but right now I'm going to stay where I'm at. You know, you, God doesn't want you to, to look and say, okay, I'm, I have grace so I can do whatever I want. He wants you to look at the cross, look at what he did, and stand up and quit yourself like a man and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord is looking 
Lord is desiring people. On Father's Day, I'd say the Lord is looking for men that will stand up of all ages and say, I see the cross and I see the sacrifice and I'm going to serve him. I'm going to set my mind like a flint. I'm not going to move to the left or the right and I'm not going to give in and I am going to be a role model to everybody that I meet. I like the days. I like the days when when we could identify a Christian by the way they lived. And it wasn't just through, okay, here's a list of things that we do and here's the things that we don't do. It was, here's my convictions and I'm staying with them. See, it's not just following the rules. It's understanding why the rules are there and allowing them to put something in your heart that you realize that you are going to hang on to what you have found in Christ and there you are not going to be persuaded by anything or anybody. You are one with him. You have looked at the cross. You have seen it. The Bible says that godly sorrow develops repentance. Repentance is a change. It's a turnaround. It's, it's you're going one way and you turn around and go the other way. It's a, it's a change of mind, change of heart, change of direction, change of purpose, change of character. Repentance. And the Bible says godly sorrow. What does that mean, godly sorrow? It simply means that you look at what Christ did on the cross and your heart is broken that that was you that did that and you say God I've been charting my own course but I am turning around I repent and I am following you with a passion and with a purpose See, since the beginning since the beginning we've always had substitution uh, for our sins and Adam and Eve when they when they sinned in the garden, God made, took some animal skins. And you say, well, where did those animal skins come from? God used a sacrifice of an animal to cover them, to give them physical covering. And Christ's blood covers our sins. We have his righteousness, not our own. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. And I want to do something. Not, the good thing about not getting to your notes is uh, you have a sermon lined out for next week. I thank the Lord for the men in this church. I thank the Lord for everybody in this church. But my friends, there's some men in this church that love the Lord. There are some men in this church that are great role models you say are they perfect oh no I know them and I know me none of us are perfect but it's not about being perfect it's not about making the right choice every time it's about making the choices with passion and conviction
And when you're right, you're right. And when you're wrong, you apologize and keep going. It's about being there. It's about being involved in people's lives. I want to call the men of this church to a higher walk with God. Uh, recently, in the last few months, we have started to have new leadership under our our men's ministry, and they are doing some amazing things, some great things. In fact, uh, I want to give a shout out to Wayne because, uh, guys, there's a bunch of chips out there. It has you're all that in a bag of chips. That's Wayne's idea. Uh, I would take credit for it, but he's here. Uh, he's part of the that group of men that are getting together and they're saying how can we invest in the lives of this church how can we invest in the lives of young young people and make a difference I'm living proof today that, that you can make a difference in a young person's life as a young man without a father the only thing I really really wanted as I look back on it now was was an adult male role model that believed in me somebody that I could look up to and I want to challenge you today whether you have children or don't have children that is not the role of a dad whether you had a dad or you didn't have a dad, that's, or you had a lousy dad or a good dad, that's not relevant. What is relevant is that you want to say today, right now, I want to live and be that example uh, of, of a role model. I want to show integrity. I want to show a generation what it is to be a character young man. I want, to, I want people to realize that there is more power in serving the risen Christ than there is in all of the things of this world. I want you to understand that, that you can live a holy life and you don't have to succumb to pornography and to all the other things that are in this world. That you can walk free from drugs. You can walk dream free free from alcohol that you can live a victorious life in Jesus Christ and be a godly man of character man I, I, I want you if you if you're here today and you and you say I want to be that and you say I don't maybe I am or, or maybe I am not I don't know but if you're here today or if you're watching online, if you are here and you say, I accept the challenge that I want to be a man of God and I want to be a living example to those around me, would you stand?